Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Inter Podcast. With me always is Parmeshwar and Manish. And what a win it was like. I was pessimistic and I said 3-3 draw, but at least Inter scored three goals and Milan, like we just blocked them. Like initially they had chances or defense was a bit in disarray, but we held on, totally dominated. Could have been 6-1, 7-1 if all shots had gone in and... Parmeshwar, coming to you first, like, what's the feeling right now? Top of the table, four-point lead and title shot? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, as you said, Gautam, I mean, what a victory. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I mean, if you, I mean, since since the time we did the preview, all of us thought, you know, like, it'll be, if we win, it'll be like a narrow win, you know, like a 2-1. Or as you said, you know, you were so skeptical that you went for like a 3-3 draw. But... But man, what a performance. Like, it was perfect on all levels. Yeah, like, we started the match so well. Like, we got our first goal in, like, the first five minutes. And in, like, when uh, Lukaku took that shot, I thought, you know, what is he doing? Why, did, why didn't you pass it to Lotharo Martinez? But then that cross, man, that curling cross. I know, I mean, Kier should have probably marked Lotharo better. But again, good movement, good goal. And then we looked so comfortable, you know, in our play in general. You know, every time we passed out from the back, the midfield, the space we found in midfield, you know, to counter them and to, you know, just build all our plays. It was just amazing. I was just checking the stat in the first half, you know, like the amount of chances we created, the big chances, it was just way too many. And it was only in the last, let's say, 10, 12, 15 minutes that Milan came back in it, you know, that Theo Hernandez chance, that Handanovic was a bit rooted, but I can't really blame him for that because I don't think he would have reached it anyways. So I don't think there's a point of, you know, diving for it anyways. But yeah, I mean, they they did look like they would come back in it. You know, like Ibrahimovic also had a chance, but Handanovic kept him at bay. And there was this one nervy moment where, you know, Devrai was completely lost. And then again, Ibrahimovic went for like a back heel. And, you know, he, he, we know he can score, the, you know, crazy goals like that. But overall, I mean, it was such a satisfying display because it's it didn't only show that, you know, we can create a lot, you know, you know, we can score those many goals. But we sat back really well, in my opinion, in the second half when Milan actually piled the pressure on us. I know, you know, many people thought we'll probably concede. But the way we closed the space in the middle, in my opinion, was impressive. And of course, that was majorly aided by the fact that Handanovic made like three absolutely world-class saves. You know, first Ibrahimovic header from a corner. Then was a cross, which Hakimi, I don't know why Hakimi was marking Ibrahimovic of all people. Like Hakimi was uh, so weak that he actually ended up falling inside the net, you know, if you watch that again. So, I don't know why he was working with, again, hand, kudos to Handanovic. And then there was this moment where um, Ibra took a shot and Devra and Brozovic were lost. And then Tonali comes in and blasts one in. And then Handanovic, no words, man. He was too good. He was too good. Like, it, I mean, no words to say anymore. Like, he was on his game. And after that, it was, I think, you could, to an extent, I will admit that for Milan, fatigue did come in to play because... Um, of course, they had their midweek game. But, I mean, this is a part and parcel of the game, Gotham. It's like, if we had been in the Europa League as well, we would have had a fatigue team as well, right? But, man, what a goal. The second goal clearly showed, in my opinion, Conte's principles, what he's been trying to work on. You know, we started from the back. Barella gives a cross to Lukaku. Lukaku's hold-up plays elite. He passes it to Hakimi, who actually resists Tonali, goes. And Eriksen, you know, he could have very well lost the ball, but he kept his cool. He passes it to Perisic and how good was Perisic yesterday? For me, he was one of the, um, and, um, you know, one of the man of the matches. At least, you know, like with Handanovic, we can touch up on it later. But he was, how good was he? You know, and he played that smart pass to Lotaro, who, you know, 
usually doesn't keep his cool but you know kept his cool and yeah. i don't think there's yeah. much to say about lukaku's goal in a good way because my word what a goal man like he just left romani romaniuli for dead like everyone was like you know pass it to hakimi pass it to hakimi but this guy the level of confidence he has just runs past he beats romaniuli for pace and when you actually see the finish from a certain angle it was such a difficult shot to actually squeeze in you know because we all know donnarumma is a world class keeper you know he can save all that on his day so amazing man just i have no words to say like top of the table i'm glad there's a four point gap but of course that was that i mean we celebrated of course there are a lot of things to look forward to but for the time being i'm really happy that we are top of the table and of course there are 15 more more finals to play here yeah so manish like parmeshwar said uh, tiredness came into milan's picture because they play in the europa as well and this was a conte masterclass i feel i mean totally outclassed purely and showed that he's the guy like you detract him you say like okay he's not a good coach he's washed out and all that but he still delivers now and do you think like us being out of europe and playing just seria now out of coppa out of europe has helped conte and this is like his strength now he plays only seria and with the team at his disposal the training time and the tactics which he can manage the squad which he can manage do you think like now it's we just steamroll through the league uh first of all gotham i would like to say woohoo top of the table <laughs> finally <laughs> it was quite some time convincingly we won a match it's been about time yeah like no heart runs normally milan derby no matter how poor milan play they always the score is like 3-2 uh 2-1 last minute some dambrosio the goal line clearance all this time we skipped it away it was a wide comfortable match to watch and uh, more and more exciting because i think everybody and how good was inter how good was it it was like watching something which is like a machine inter played like a machine everybody did their work perfectly well you know well oiled machine where everything just works to perfection every single aspect of the game amazing So talking about the first part of the question was uh, if tiredness played in the picture. Well, I don't think so because uh, Milan rested quite a few players. Yes, but uh, traveling uh, to Serbia just a few days before Milan derby is not the best thing. Uh, but yes, but that should not be an excuse because, like Permission pointed out, all the professionals you have to play Champions League or you have to play Europa League. That's that's the duty of a top club. So, but nonetheless, uh, what a performance! Uh, uh so happy with conti and conti i keep saying this always i say i said it against asolo i said it against lazio conti is playing to his strengths this time he sits back absorbs the pressure and then inter is a proper counter attacking team he did it same with chelsea and now we're doing it again and uh with milan's high line milan played with amazing high super high line and you know that we can take a chances we have hakimi we have lukaku we have lautaro all perisic all of them very pacey and milan backline is quite slow with romanioli and uh, simeon care quite slow uh, it's always us to have the upper hand and i told you always in this time matches the early goal plays a really important thing you know once we get our early goal we can sit back deep and then hit on counter what a what a conti masterclass it's a pure conti masterclass and you could see that if conti gets like step matches where uh you know white has a week to prepare inters preparing up details it's amazing conti is one of the best in that conti can set up teams really well so talking about uh, milan's thing see i always uh, i think uh, i was the only one said uh, i'm not that worried about milan milan were winning matches earlier uh, i think early part of the season they kept winning but i just kept saying that one thing purely 
wherever he is going, if you see the history, he always starts well. He always performs really well. And then slowly that slump comes, the negative slump. I think now since uh, 2021, uh, fourth defeat in like eight matches or something. So Milan are going to a slump right now. And the best part is Milan has all the players coming back from injury. They don't have any serious injuries apart from Benasser. Other than that, Ibra is back, Chalenoglu is back. Uh, they have pretty much the first two centre-back pairings. So Milan don't have any excuse saying that we had a weekend squad. Uh, so that's not an excuse. But saying that uh, right now, if you ask me, uh, Conti has the advantage ball in his court. But also knowing that uh, Gotham, like Juventus could be very well out of Europe and saying that Milan also could be out of Europe. So all are playing again, same level field. So it's it's not about like we have an upper hand and stuff, but definitely getting this one week rest and getting a full strength spot definitely helps Gotham. And uh, right now we should be focused one week game, one game at a time. And that's the best part of Conti's conference. Uh, he said already preparing for the next match. That was one of his statements which impressed me, Gotham. Yeah, and this question is specifically to you because you're, uh, you hate Handan. I won't say hate Handanovic, but you think he's washed up and you think he should be replaced. But I mean, honestly speaking, like even to me, yesterday's performance, like it was his best performance, I think, in the last two years. I mean, the saves he did was the reflexes. Unbelievable, like Superman again. Like, what were your views on Handanovic just for yesterday's performance? <laughs> Yes, I'm sure the thing that uh, you might have seen the Theo Hernandez uh, right-footed shot. I think everyone, all Inter fans, including Conti, was like hard skipped a beat where we pretty much thought that's going in. But luckily, it didn't go in. So, uh, Handanovic lives another day. But saying that Handanovic, I'm not criticizing him for uh, poor performance. I say Handanovic is age has caught him up and his reflexes are no more like he used to be. Like I would say two or three years back. And then his reflexes are one of the best in the league. But right now, he's 36 years old. His uh, reflexes has been questionable over the season. Uh, but yes, what a performance. He had one of the best matches in an Inter shirt. Uh, Ibrahimic sure to score a couple of goals. And I think the one which he jumped over Hakimi and headed it, I pretty much thought that's cool because he, the ball was coming towards him and he took the ball away. That yeah. was a miraculous save. But uh, yes, Andanovic... I'm not only Handanovic, I think the whole team impressed me really well. And yes, one of the best performances of Handanovic we have seen this season. But uh, along with Handanovic, also give notable mentions to Eriksson and Perisic. They both was a water performance. I think we always seen the attack happen on the right side with Hakimi, Barella and Lukaku. These three combining on the right side, all the goals pretty much. But now for a change, we think the left side, Eriksson, Perisic and Lautaro, all the three left-sided players combining. And you could see what a difference that made. Uh, uh, the team was unpredictable because now with Perisic, Perisic has improved so much in that role. Uh, he's going in real promising positions and the, the work rate from covering the whole field is amazing. Ashley Young wouldn't go into those advanced positions saying that. And Ashley Young, when he gets the ball in those positions, he passes back to Bastoni. <laughs> so now we see Perisic go in and gives killer ball. It's really good. So for me, Handanovic, uh, Perisic, Eriksson, three of them had one of the best matches for the season, if you ask me about them. Yeah, I mean, that was brilliant. And having those three on form with Hakimi, Lukaku and Barella, always being on form is like, the threat is there from every side now. Every angle you can score. And especially our second goal with like nine players were involved. I mean, Lauter yes. was the ninth guy to touch the ball and score. 
and even before that perisic could have scored saved by donnarumma that was a brilliant shot and lautaro just skied it i mean that could have been a goal as well so parmeshwar coming to you now it's like i mean i used to be a defender back in the day when i used to play like local leagues but for me clean sheet is like amazing like you can score five goals but if you keep a clean sheet it's brilliant and yesterday even though we kept a clean sheet there were few moments wherein like if it is just the back three they know what they are doing but when hakimi perisic brozovic get involved and are in the box it seems like there's no communication at all and they don't know whom they are covering what they are doing and there was chances for milan when we were helter skelter in the box i mean how do you address that like communication should be better with the three of them it's solid but usually when uh, let's say in the 90th minute a team really wants to attack us and then you have like six seven players in the box defending and then it's not just the three people communicating you have to be like six of them communicating to each other knowing where they're playing and telling whom to cover like do you think that's a weak point still in the team wherein like once there are five people in the box we panic and we think like okay someone else is going to clear and we lose our position uh i i don't think it's a weak point per se because the thing i would consider first and foremost is that milan is is milan's quality in the first place because it, milan weren't the first team that have done this to us uh, lazio had the exact same approach but they couldn't pile on that sort of pressure like milan did because see milan like you say whatever you want about them you know but they are they were on a high they have they have ibrahimovic they have uh, you know tonali was it on on his game for a bit and then chalanoglu stepped up and these players have been on form you know um throughout the season and uh, maybe had had milan started rafael leao they would have even been better off i don't know why he didn't start but i i don't think it's an issue per se the thing is conte uh, has always said you know the thing we do the best is defend collectively whatever whatever we do the approach we adopt on the pitch it is as a team it is done collectively it's not like individuals conte doesn't believe in the concept of you know doing something individually he never he doesn't like it in the first place as well it's it's about the team what so i don't think it's like you know people defending collectively is a big problem it's just that yesterday what i felt was that milan was just a, you know notch above in terms of what we have faced all all along because you see when i saw the few numbers post match they had more shots on target than us and um, that usually doesn't happen even if we sit back like we had more shots on target than lazio too so it doesn't really happen it was just a case of milan's form you know what you've been seeing all along i don't think it's a big issue and yes uh, if if i had to say maybe why it was a problem is because i think someone like a bastoni had a small off day in my opinion like a slight off day in my opinion because you could see you know at times you're trying to play out of the back and it constantly hit ibrahimovic or um rebic and it went back mm-hmm. for a goal kick so he wasn't really fully confident so i think that played a role i don't think it's i really don't think it's much of an issue i think by this point the team knows how to defend you know defend in numbers defend back you know close all the half spaces with brozovic because we all know brozovic you know can slide in anyhow and win the ball <laughs> he just wins it anyhow and there's an impressive stat about him that he he's been on his like fourth yellow card for like multiple game weeks now and he could have very well gotten his fifth one before the milan derby like two times but he's not and even in the milan derby he hasn't gotten one hakimi did but again it's i guess it's a relief of sort because you you don't want all your important players to get their fifth yellow card at once yeah. so hakimi will miss the next game but anyways but coming back to the point i i don't think it's much of a worry i think this is a 
good sign that the team could actually, even though there was a bit of helter skelter, there was a bit moment of frenzy. I think the team did a good job in keeping it away. You know, keeping uh, Milan away and um, kudos to Handanovic. I mean, he, he. It's not that he had to, you know, worry about central shots. It was rather, it was rather, you know, set piece or crosses. So he he was so, sort of aware of what needs to be done. So yeah, I mean, it's not much of a worry in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Uh, so defensively, you think we are solid. Like it's not that much to worry about. Uh, but as you said, if one of them has an off day or one of them gets let's say fifth yellow card or injured or suspended or whatever, then we don't have another centre-back. I mean, Rano, I am I am still guessing Ranokia is the best choice instead of Colorado mm-hmm. to come in. Uh, Manish, what do you think? Like, how do you think uh, defensively, like, if we lose someone to, to injury or suspension, who should, like, can we sustain this clean sheet if we have, like, one of them injured in the back three or one of them suspended in the back three? So that's what uh, got them. If you win the league, I think everyone's uh, contributions required. Every single player. It's not just 11 players. It's actually like 21 players. That's that's the how you win the league. Saying that Devry's backup is Ranokia. Uh, Srinia's backup is D'Ambrosio. And Bastoni's backup is Kolarov. Unfortunately, that's if anybody misses, these are the ones who come in. So we don't have much uh, much more uh, depth in the that department. So saying that, this three should continue saying that we don't have much European commitments. We have like pretty much one game a week. Uh, hopefully they remain fit. That's really important because if you check the season turner, was we were always scoring goals, but just when a defense started improving, that's where we started winning matches. Otherwise, we could always score goals. Like scores were like 5-4, 4-3. It was always like that. But ever since uh, the, those three, the main the magical back three, uh, Skriniar, Devra and Bastoni came, we started winning matches. And that's where Handanovic also turned much more confident, yeah? But saying that, yes, uh, there are chances uh, during season where we might get some defenders to be suspended or some person get injured. We have to, unfortunately, use the players we have. So, I, I don't see if Bastoni is off, uh, Ranokia playing that position. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think that's going to happen. Pretty much, Kolarov is going to start in that, <coughs> in that area. Uh, also, if you check uh, Juventus, uh, when they started winning the title back in like a decade ago, it was pretty much when the establishment of BBC, uh, Berzagli, Bonucci and Kilini. that's the one which that, they say the defence wins you titles. So our defence as of now is our strength. So yes, Gotham, they're really important as of now. As long as everyone's fit uh, and none of them missing, I think we should comfortably be in the position we are in. Yeah, and... Uh... On the other end, like we have no problem at all. Like Lukaku and Lauter are on fire. Like initially during the season, I was a bit pissed off at Lauter because he was missing easy goals. Like there's so many opportunities he was missing. But like you guys kept saying, like, no, he puts in his work, like goals will come. But I was still skeptical. Like we should have sold him when we had the chance. Like, I mean, now the fate is restored back. And now he's just three goals behind Lukaku, I guess, 13 and 16 or 13 and 17. 1317, yes. 1317, yeah. So they need just 12 more goals to become the most prolific striking duo for Inter. Like, Parmeshwar, how do you feel about it? Like, we had Icardi, and once he left, we thought, okay, will someone fill his shoes? Like, can the goals come at the same rate at which Icardi was scoring? And now it's not just one guy, it's two people up front who can score. 
plus you have barella plus you have hakimi plus you have paris issue is coming in like how do you feel about the attacking threat now i mean i mean of course it's better off i mean in terms especially in terms of the dynamism we have in the team because i remember back in when in the day when we had icardi i mean i don't like the guy anymore but of course i have to give him credit for what he's done but yeah coming back to the point whenever we had icardi our play was pretty much one dimensional because icardi is a striker who's more of a poacher in the box and he, his gameplay is not the best outside of it that's what lukaku brings us right because and you can you can clearly see the overall output with lukaku you know playing outside the box you know has increased goal scoring numbers for others in general you've seen hakimi score now you've seen barella score to your point so i mean overall i think in terms of how efficient we have been like in terms of the numbers going up it it's clearly evident i don't i mean i mean i don't think we miss icardi anymore you can always say on paper oh you know we should have had icardi instead of lotharo martinez but i don't think so because people need to remember yes lotharo misses some really uh, absurd chances but he's still very young we need to remember that like he's not like you know 28 29 like a matured striker he is he has those brain fade moments and this is a part of growth and conte has said it like n number of times he is still growing and i think yesterday with the way he played and the match against lazio too that really showed to me that he he can do even better like i mean that at least you know affirmed my faith in him like you know I, i never gave up on him i never subscribed to the fact that he should have been sold to barcelona but yeah that just affirmed my faith in him and if i just had to point out a stat to you know second that a few stats to second our goal scoring and lotharo lukaku's combination in general so now we have scored like 57 goals in opening 23 match days and that's the that's the most uh, we inter had only most in 1949 50 and 50 51 season so that just says a lot about how much we have grown under conte then you um, you know for lukaku prior to lukaku lukaku's like now the only player who scored in four consecutive um, derbies uh, since benito lorenzi since 1950 So again, these are just stats that go to add to the point. And Lautaro and Lukaku now have combined for six goals in the season, and that's better than any other duo in the league. So two more, uh, better than two more duos in the league. So what else can you say? I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Like I, I really don't think we miss Icardi at all. Like I mean, I don't want to take away from what he contributed on the pitch, but to people that say, oh, we should have probably had Icardi and you know let Lautaro go for that money, I really don't think it makes sense because. Icardi is sort of a striker you know if you see our strikers Lautaro and Lukaku both do things outside the box they both press yeah Icardi does neither of that even at PSG even if he's doing fine at, at the moment he doesn't really offer the kind of game that Conte wants and i think with uh, with Conte every each and every player needs that level of commitment and discipline both on the pitch in terms of what they do and off the pitch in terms of their life so i don't think Icardi would have really worked out here under Conte, and yeah, I mean, just to add to that stat, stat I pointed out, the best next best scoring duo Gotham is actually uh, Luis Muriel and Duan Zapata at 23 goals, and Lukaku Lautaro are at 30. So that says a lot. And then after that, it's Ronaldo Kies at 21. That's just in Serie A, and in in all of Europe, uh, top five leagues at least, we uh, Lukaku Lautaro are second at 30, uh, behind Lewandowski Müller yeah. at 36. But I mean, they are on another level, so you can understand. But behind uh, Lukaku Lautaro is Mbappe and Moise Kean at 26, and Kean and Son at 26 as well. So that says a lot. Just coming to the point, it just uh, says a lot. And sorry, just to point out, there's one more stat. Actually, this is very specific to Lautaro. He becomes like the second youngest non-Italian player of all time to score more than once in the Derby della Madonnina. 
so i mean again like i don't think icardi ever uh, did that like mm-hmm. he like you know inter in because he was there for a long time as well right he was there when he was young too so i mean it's just these small things in my opinion at least that go a long way in shaping or um let's say you know telling us how important lotharo martinez actually is currently to the system yeah Yeah, money is coming. So, uh, add, yeah, yeah. No, I just no, want no. to add that uh, uh, Lukaku and Lautaro partnership. I would say, like, I always bring this nostalgic moments back. Like, we had one point, Vieri and Ronaldo, the dream pair. I think after that, uh, we had Adriano Martins, and now after so long, now we have a super front two at Lautaro and Lukaku. What a player! Like Lukaku has been on fire. Uh, I think with this current run he's in. I won't be surprised if he does well for Belgium for this uh, tournament Euros. He could actually also win the golden ball. So the way he is carrying into forward, uh, I won't be surprised. Sorry, no, funny. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question about the pairings. Yeah. But yesterday, the commentator said if Belgium do well in the Euros, yes, Kaku yeah. might actually win the Ballon d'Or. Do you think that's a bit exaggerated claim? Not at all. Actually, you know what? If Inter wins the title, and Belgium are one of the favorites, Belgium have one of the strongest national team squads. Everyone from De Bruyne, they have Mertens, they have Hazard. All the Hazard is now pretty much out of form, but technically the strong is quite superior. So if Lukaku also drags his form to the national team, and if they could win something or reach the semis or final, and I'm sure if Lukaku will be one of the main contenders. Because Ronaldo hasn't been that great, Messi has now been great. Obviously, that's Lewandowski who's uh, leading the charts. But on the national level, I don't think he can achieve much. So Lukaku, if he achieves at the club stage for Inter and for Belgium, why not? And the way he's uh, on fire, I think is form of his life, Lukaku. And right now, I think pretty much everyone agrees he's one of the top five strikers. I think we had this chat at the beginning of the season. All of us were quite skeptical. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it's too early to say. But the way he has carried the team forward and talking about the third goal the technique the power the speed i'm just saying which other striker we talked about the one called mauro icardi you could never see that you know the commitment he would never track back he would just stand in the position he was a pure classic target man take nothing away from that guy that is a pure target man like i think juventus had david trezeguet get back in the day he would pretty much stand in the box and just head in or do a volley kick so those type of players are out now pretty much Lukaku is a complete uh, striker you could ask for he can head he has speed he has sheer power uh what not so gotham yeah. this not exaggerated statement it actually could possible could be possible and yeah. what i'm worried is if that happens then we might actually lose him you know because you know psg or uh, man city will let's break the bank and sign him yeah i mean like i think uh, inter has been so good for lukaku as well because every other team like they're using him as a target man but here like he runs in from the midfield like he always keeps saying like that's my strength you give me the ball i'll run at the defender and i can score none of the coaches did that to him like they told him like no stay in the box and conte like believed in him and like you, even if you see lautaro like both of them they run from the midfield they run at the defenders make space get the other players in and then they score so that's brilliant so uh, parmeshwar i think you were i with me saying that okay the commentator exaggerated a bit you don't think lukaku would win the ballon d'or unless unless of course belgium win the euros but if they don't so, so my thing is not about doubting lukaku's ability my thing is not more to do with that but i think 
the the thing the thing is the comment in my opinion the commentator jumped the gun too soon like of course you know if you if he wins the euros and the scudetto there is a chance and of course i want him to win it this i want the best for lukaku obviously but i think you have to put things into perspective because let's say because you know you have the champions league going on then you have teams like bayern munich you have players like lewandowski you never know right they could still do it as well and it's not that lukaku doesn't deserve it what i just feel is that when the commentator said that it's just piling unnecessary pressure onto lukaku i mean not that lukaku you know is listening to that right now and you know oh you know thinking i have that pressure it's not that but you know it creates like a perception in people's minds that you know you know people tend to think that lukaku is the one who's claiming all this whereas he's not he's just he doesn't he know about it it's like the commentator making you know these claims that's my issue with it not the fact that Lukaku can't win the Ballon d'Or if he actually does well, but I think I don't. You, my thing is that maybe the Scudetto itself in itself isn't enough, even with the Euros. Maybe had it been the Coppa Italia as well, plus the Scudetto, plus the Euros, you know, and or even if he ends as the top scorer at the Euros, you know, it is possible. It's just my my issue isn't that he de- doesn't deserve it. As I, I'll just repeat myself, which is the fact that these commentators make claims so early on. and then you know it's like piling it just basically affects the image of that particular player right so that's my issue with it nothing else like i i would love to see him win the ballon d'or but i mean there are just at the same time there are so many players out there who could actually outdo him as well so that's yeah, my point yeah but then again uh, you never know because snyder was robbed in 2010 when he yeah, won exactly. the treble and he reached exactly, the finals exactly. so, of the world cup so exactly so that that's the thing right if if back then snyder and everyone wouldn't get it when they deserved it so if even if lukaku deserves it do we yeah. actually like you know even if he ends up in that position where he deserves it will he actually get it that's the question <laughs> may they, they mean, probably yeah, say that a, he only it's a popular they, they contest probably, at the end of the day yeah yeah they'll no, probably but, uh, say that he, yeah sorry manish got now i'll beg to differ from parmesher because if you check right down the league italian league lukaku is the best player in the league we have ronaldo's shine is slightly worn off and we don't have much for the best player in the league Lukaku hands down is the best player of the Italian league I would say that right now it's not about exaggeration uh, I'm sure he might have an off day but generally the way he's carrying team forward is not just scoring goals the way he contributes the way he holds up play the way he brings everybody in and considering his age and considering all the te- abilities he has I think Lukaku can go all the way that's what obviously Mbappe and Haaland are the new young emerging talents but if Lukaku has to win it in right now is the best form of his life for him Yeah, and uh, sticking with you, Manish. For like now, we have such a complete squad. I mean, with just a few pieces here and there missing. Like if we get, if we somehow steal Theo Hernandez from uh, Milan and get him into Inter, I mean, he belongs in a top team. So, and uh, after that, do you think like the current owner situation would come into play? Because there has been rumors, there has been talks of Sunning wanting to sell. So do you think that would affect the transfer window as well? So Gotham, after all, we call Padza Inter for a reason, yeah. So something has to get screwed up. <laughs> If the team plays well, everyone plays the best football. Inter top of the league by four points, but there has to be something Padza about Inter. And right now, that's the uh, talking point. Right now, it's uh, the owner situation. Yes. Uh, that is actually quite concerning because if you see the finance director uh, i think just had to uh, two days back he gave in this interview and he told that uh, the situation is actually quite the serious and we have struggling with the salaries the salaries are quite high for inter 
So as of now, hopefully, I think Conti should shield the team. Conti and Merota should shield the team and uh, shouldn't let one of the owners get affected, the owner's situation. But actually, Gotham, if you ask me, situation is really concerning because Barcelona is in a similar situation and Barcelona, uh, it's, it's blown out of proportion and everything, it's, it's a chaotic situation out there. I hope we don't get to that stage and yeah. Sunil can solve this uh, whole scenario soon. Yeah, Parmeshwar, uh, coming to you, like similar question. Now that, as Manish said, the team is performing on the pitch. Everything is going well on the pitch. Off the pitch, now there are instances. And we have been lucky like to have an owner like Sunning who actually care about the club and come to the matches. They, they want the best for the club. And losing them now when we are actually building on a project, that would be devastating for us. Like, Do you think they should stick on like, I mean, the players, the staff should be like, it's okay, fine. We'll all write this together. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with you when you say that Suning have done a great job. There is no doubt about it. And to Manish's point, the management, Conte, Conte staff have done a great job in keeping uh, the team focused overall, Gautam, because this could have easily derailed us long ago. If you go back past, to the previous inter, this would have derailed us and ruined our season way before then it actually has happened. And so kudos to Conte and everyone. But I think we've gotten to a point where even the fact that the fact that Suning are already looking for investors, you know, the need to actually look for investors, even to even for you know your normal uh, capital to actually run the club. The fact that they, as per reports, need at least 200 million. I don't think it's inspiring per se. It affects everything. Your daily operations at the club, salaries. You know, we are deferring salaries month on a you know two monthly basis. Then it affects the mercato, of course. And I mean, as I love Suning's sporting project. That's not the issue. Their sporting vision is amazing. There is there's no doubt about that. You know, the, we all know it. There's Intermedia House. There's everything. Their vision, everything is perfect. The problem is, I think they're run. It's not what I think. It's it's a fact that they're running out of means to support the club. I don't know if you saw this before the Milan derby, where there was this interview interview of Zhang Jindong going around where he said that we'll cut ties with all non-strategic alliance, yeah. uh, listing yeah. investments. So it pretty much says that Inter's they, they are looking to surrender. And as you know, if they, st I don't know if they still deem Inter as a strategic alliance because they did want to grow their retail business via Inter in Europe. But I don't think it's that feasible to the point anymore. I mean, as as Manish pointed out, the financial director, Tim Williams, um, who's actually already resigned, but he's completing his last few months at Inter. He said that basically Suning still want to hold on. They're doing their best. But he, he agreed that they are actually looking for investors as well. Be it minority, majority. He didn't confirm that. But he said that, you know, they are looking for something, looking for partners in Asia. So... I don't know what is going. No one knows what's going to happen. It's it's a tricky situation. But all we know is that Inter needs capital soon for at least daily fun, like you know, normal functioning of the club. As Marotta said, it's not like a club issue. It's more of the state, uh, this thing, shareholder issue, which is suiting priority, uh, yeah. pri primarily. Yeah. So that is the issue, and we can't wait too long, Gotham, to address this because as soon as the season ends, there have to be bonuses that have to be paid to the player. If we win the Scudetto, there's, there's going to be bonuses to be paid out. There's going to be salaries. Then you have to plan for the future, you know, because players like Ashley Young won't stay. You know, players like Kolarov are mostly gone. Vidal will probably stay for another season. That's it. So then you have to replace them. And then, you know, Conte, you know, if he doesn't get his replacement, you know, what is going to happen? So you need to consider all this. So in as much as I love Suning Gotham, 
and i appreciate what they've done i think they really need to start considering other investors bid seriously like they should not put it up if like let's say bc partners bids like a 750 million and not a 900 million i mean i know suning wants their own profit but from my basic understanding of finances and if they want to really save the club in that sense they should just go on and accept it because i know the sporting vision is amazing it's second to none probably but i think it's time to you know you know uh, you know bid a farewell to suning at this point because it's a bit unsustainable yeah so looks like suning is going to be like the manager here i mean management morinho like they'll it was a happy story with them we win stuff hopefully we win stuff this year and then he says okay bye good night thank you and then they leave and back to square one again manish what is what do you think uh yes uh situation is uh, quite scary like you said back in uh, free won the champions league won the treble season everything started to fall apart but hopefully not i think not just inter i think a lot of clubs around the world are at this point main thing is the ticket revenue is not coming much that is was major income for a lot of lot of uh, clubs so it's not just that inter uh is suffering a lot of other teams why we are suffering more is because uh zang cannot put in his personal funds and cannot invest as per the new rule in china so that's why we are one of the most affected but generally if you check the whole scenario the whole footballing world everyone's going through losses including clubs like juventus ac milan and a lot of other teams so but hopefully on the bright side like parmeshwar pointed out there's bc partners there's also one of the big abu dhabi investment group called mubadala if they can take over nothing like it we can see inter to go next level like man city you know so so yes that has uh gotham like to said the footballing world not just the footballing world the whole economy in general is taken two steps behind so until this corona situation gets sorted out and fans start coming into the stadium we might see this as a very common news from now on okay so before we cap it off let's just get to the player ratings uh manish coming to you first the keeper handanovic what do you rate him and then when she did a couple of superman saves <laughs> so for that i would go a rating of 8.5 samir handanovic one of his best performances of the season yes i have been critical of him at times but where credit is due i give him credit uh 8.5 that's my score for handanovic okay. parmeshwar the defense bastoni divray and skrinya yeah so yeah i'm glad to be capping it off with the ratings because i think we had a lot of talk about the ownership so let's end on a good note to begin with because we still should enjoy the derby win but yeah coming to the point i think bastoni as i said like you know had a bit of an off day he was missing up a bit of his passes so seven for bastoni but skriniar devre were on point they marked ibrahimovic out of it they won aerial duels and everything so nine for both of them and yeah i guess midfield is something you can look at for them and the win match yeah so for hakimi i would give 7 i think he he didn't have that great a game but he was still effective perisic i would give i would i, I think i would give him a 9.5 or 9 at least because uh, he was instrumental assist he had a chance which uh, lautaro could have scored again so he was very confident going forward track back did a good thing so i would give him a 9 Just, just to add Gotham, just to add yeah. Gotham, sorry to Perisic. I think it was definitely his best game in under Conte, at least at Inter, and he actually had two assists. The second Lukaku's goal was actually his clearance, which Lukaku took all the way. So that's two assists, and as you said, Gotham, you capped it off very well. 
amazing understanding of both phases i think manish also said it a while ago like it was just phenomenal and i think for that reason for me at least he deserves to be man of the match i would give him a 10 but i agree like 9.5 is also pretty good enough yeah yeah i mean especially coming to see how far he has come from the start of the season where he didn't want that position at all even conte was like we need to find a replacement but now like i think he's nailed his position over there and uh, manish coming to you the midfield barella brozovic and eriksen yes uh, the midfield was good uh, i won't say very good because at times i think milan dominated the midfield so i would go for barella at 7.5 I would go Brozovic eight and Eriksen. I would go eight point five. That was my rating. Saying that, uh, Perisic, like you guys pointed out, Perisic had one of the best games in the left wing back. And like I pointed out, uh, attacking us from the attacking phase and left side of the pitch. That was what we were missing the whole season. But right now with Eriksen, Perisic, and Lautaro on the left side, it's really good. And Eriksen also. Uh, had one of his best games on an inter shirt he really played well passing doing those right passes defensive faces his position and he played up to the 80th minute and to credit uh, i think first time i have the longest time i think we all saw eriksen give a smile when he got substituted <laughs> off so that was a very good moment you know to finish off the derby with an eriksen smile yeah i mean as eriksen especially like the pass which he gave to perisic the second goal like when he yeah. was low on confidence he would have taken a shot at goal but now that he's so calm he's composed and he knew what is going to happen like he knew, he saw the players running and gave a beautiful pass so parmeshwar the forwards lukaku lautaro like uh, our future yeah. prolific duo yeah so so just just to cap it off with eriksen gotham quickly eriksen i mean uh, to manish's point i just want to add that Eriksen started excellently in my opinion and then there was a moment where in the second half he was being outrun by Chalanoglu when he was struggling a bit but you know as you said as you said about Eriksen the old Eriksen would have usually shot that chance before for the second goal uh, in my opinion the old Eriksen would have also crumbled i think in like not crumbled but would have succumbed to the pressure you know of Chalanoglu and Milan overwhelming the midfield but he actually showed the right resolve to bounce back i thought you know Conte would sub him off for Vidal or something but Eriksen actually bounced back so well so that was good to see but to your point coming to the forwards i mean lukaku what do i say i mean he's he, we all saw it he did everything the first goal the beautiful cross um you know the second goal the hold up play you know shifting out wide you know shielding the ball passing it to hakimi and the third goal what can you say about it like he just drops back as yet again he dribbles from his own half just just from his own half you know just capitalizes on perisic's long ball yes kessie didn't press him enough but still you know In that in that stage of the match, late in that latter part of the match, it's not easy to take that run from all the way from your own half. You know, beating th- like three players on that one side. Although yes, Romanioli could have done better, maybe, but still he was like forced onto the left and he took that curling shot, perfect bottom left corner, which you know we all know how good Donnarumma is. So just perfect for Lukaku. I, what do I give him? I'll give him like a nine point five because I feel. I I don't want to do like injustice to Perisic and Handanovic, you know, because they 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 really did well. So I'll give Lukaku nine point five. Lotharo, amazing game for him too. I mean, uh, I don't know if the Lazio game was better for him or the Milan derby. I think he did better in the Lazio match just because of his off the ball movements and pressing. But it it was fantastic. It has to be nine point five for Lotharo too. I think they were too good. Lukaku Lotharo, yeah, nothing bad. And uh, Gotham, yeah, I mean, so we've rated the teams, but how would You and Manish, like Manish, I think, because I think Gautam used to set the midfield. What would you give uh, Antonio Conte as a coach 
for like for this match how would you rate him i would rate conti uh, a 9.5 like i said conti does really well if he has a week to prepare and mm. he prepared this team like i said well drilled machine where everybody knew exactly what to do it was pretty much like a military movement you know when they were attacking hakimi in one side perisic uh, lautaro coming it was like to perfection and i think this mastermind is conti he loves this type of matches and with that i give 9.5 my rating yeah. which is and one of the what, best actually what the, what do you think about the overall rating for the team what, what would you give it team i would say 9 i would have given a 10 if he had scored two more goals <laughs> we should have scored two more goals, but nine is, I think, after the first uh, first leg in the league when we lost two one to bounce back three nil, especially when there's pressure on both teams. I mean, this match was about who will crumble, who won't. It's a tight, I technically a tighter decider, even though that's a long way to go. But top two playing, it was like who will show the maturity, who will stay calm, who will stay composed, who will stick to the game plan. Conte masterclass. I would give him a ten, and team I would say nine because he missed a few chances which we could have scored. But yeah. otherwise, like complete domination of Milan, and we showed Milan is always black and blue. What about your Gotham? Who's your man of the match? Permeshur's uh, yeah. man of the match was Perisic. What's Perisic, your man of the match? Yeah. Who's Perisic? Uh, mine, I think I would give. Uh, I'd say. Handanovic, yeah, <laughs> I'd say Handanovic because yeah, I, we could have yeah, crumbled. Sorry, sorry, crumbled. Yeah, yeah, we could exactly, have crumbled yeah. where if, yeah. during that point wherein like after, as soon as the second half started, Milan were on top. They yeah. they bombarded yeah. us, and if it wasn't for his saves, we could have gone down, or we, they could have equalized. Anything could have happened. I mean, our morale could have been down, but then his saves like showed the team like okay, fine, nothing's gonna pass Handanovic. Let's go attack. Yeah, for me, I, I think. Add, uh, yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. No, sorry, I just wanted to add quickly uh, that yeah. I think yeah. it's really hard to. I, I'll just change my man of the match because I, I'm like finding it really hard to pick now. Perisic as the sole man man of the match. I think we made men of the match. Yeah, I didn't hear my man of the match yet. Yeah, I'll have to go for men of the match, and I can't overlook Handanovic to Gotham's point. I mean, the the way he's bouncing back, even though it's only a few games. Like, if if it was not for his saves, he would have probably lost the derby. So let's be real. So I think it's going to be two players, men of the match, Perisic, Handanovic, uh, ten out of ten. Yeah. Sorry, Manish, you can go yes, ahead. Yes, yeah. and for me, the man of the match for me, according to me, is Lukaku. Although Lautaro scored two goals, but Lukaku, all the three goals, the combining everything, he started it up. Oh yes, obviously the team plays involved, but first within four minutes, he gave a gem of a cross to Lautaro, which Lautaro pretty much misses, then he scores. But for him <laughs> to score, means how good was that cross? That was in the second goal. So he held the ball. He was under pressure. Back at goal, he released Hakimi. And for the third one, what to say? This I think back in the years where I saw his uh, look, uh, Adriano against Udinese, he had one of this amazing run. But what a goal! The third goal was like that's how. That's why you love football to see moments like this. I think for all the years we suffered, and right now seeing the play, uh, Lukaku for me is definitely the man of the match. Uh, Take nothing from the whole team. Yes, you said uh, so I would go second. I would go Perisic, and third I would go Eriksen. For me, the man of the match order. But Lukaku for me wins the man of the match. All right, folks. So that was another episode of Solo Inter podcast, and what a great weekend it was! Top of the table, four point lead. 
and let's take it easy and we'll see you soon and oh yeah before we cap it off uh, do follow us on our other podcast we'll put the link in the description you can hear us download it like subscribe and we'll catch you next week all right